and welcome to Healing with Nama. I am Casey, and today I am joined with Miss Katie Russell, Mrs. Katie Russell, I should say, um, my Reiki teacher, and I'm really excited to dive deeper into the world of Reiki um, and learn more myself about Reiki, the practice of Reiki, and just get into this conversation of something that I really love. Um, and I'm just really super excited to have Katie here because she's one of my favorite people. She has the best energy. Um, so I just wanted to introduce her. And Katie is an intuitive Reiki master and teacher at Sage Sanctuary in Wildemar, California. She is a professional member of the International Center for Reiki Trainings, Reiki Membership Association, and an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church. She also teaches all levels of Yusui Holy Fire 3 Reiki. Um, and she's just an amazing person. So, Katie, I'm so excited to have you here on the show today. You've been such a big part of my journey for the last year since I met you. And you're, of course, the one who attuned me to Reiki. And I'm just so excited to pick your brain and soak up some of your knowledge. Um, do you have anything that you, you know, want to share about yourself or anything? Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's an honor uh, to be asked to be joined in this. Um, and I look forward to continuing our training together as well. Um, you pretty much covered my bio as far as what I do. Um, I really enjoy teaching Reiki. I knew that when I did uh, my own attunements receiving um, to be when I was a student that I immediately knew I wanted to continue as a teacher um, and share this with others. Uh, so I'm so glad to hear your response uh, because that's exactly why I continue to do it uh, as far as how it touches other people's lives as well and that ripple effect that it has. So thank you for having me today. Yes, of course. And yeah, you just, I remember you saying in one of the trainings that you're like, people would say you're too Reiki, but I feel like you're just the embodiment of Reiki and, you know, it's just in everything that you do. And I feel like you would be such a great person to, you know, to talk to about this topic because I just feel like you live it and, you know, it's not just something that you practice. It's like, you know, a part of who you are. And I just really appreciate, um, you know, I just really appreciate you, really just you, you know, everything that you've done. I know that I've never really gotten a chance to tell you that, but it does mean a lot to me. Um, just having you in my corner and you've helped me with, you know, different things and to know that you are um, available as a source of support has been really helpful for me. Um, can you tell me about how you even started down this path? Absolutely. Um, I started always with an interest in spirituality. Um, as a kid, I kind of had that intuitive aspect, but really didn't know what to do with it. Um, and also 30 years ago, um, Reiki and this type of work was not as accessible as it is today. So I would find myself more in witch shops, crystal stores, things like that, um, where the shopkeepers would actually take me under their wing a bit. So I kind of grew up in the psychic medium world, um, and that's where my interest first started in spirituality. And then 
as I got older um, and eventually moved from the East Coast to California, my mentor back home suggested I find a spirit circle group to find like-minded people and continue my training in this work. Um, so I did that. I would go to Riverside once a week for a spirit circle where we would meditate together, um, help souls that were stuck here on earth cross over. And each week they would cover a different modality. Um, and one week was Reiki and it really piqued my interest. Uh, but then I never really followed through with anything on it, um, until probably a year or so later, uh, my best friend back home was having a baby and in the hospital, they offered her Reiki and she accepted it and reported back to me that she felt like I was there with her. Um, and it was the same type of energy that I had and that that was really something I should look into. And at the same time I was, um, had just become my grandmother's home caregiver. So it kind of felt like not only would it be good for me, but also that it was something I could include um, in my care for my grandmother. So I did um, level one and two training in San Diego with Colleen Benelli. It was over a weekend. Um, they offer intensive training um, in a two-day package. And at that point, I knew um, I wanted to continue with the master level and that I wanted to be a Reiki teacher as well, that it wasn't just something that was going to be part of my life, but that I wanted to share with others. So six months later, I went to Portland and completed my master level training at uh, the same teacher's home. And from there, I treated it like an internship where I would just get my hands on uh, whoever I could get over in my house. I had a little office in my home, my little Reiki room. So neighbors, friends, um, anybody. And I did that for about a year before I took on actual clients, paying clients. Um, and from there, I started teaching out of my home and then also at the local community college as part of the adult education and workplace training program. Um, it was non-credit, but it reached uh, the whole county with their flyers. Uh, so got in a lot of different people um, from the Inland Empire. And when COVID hit, um, the, the school shut down, of course, and I was kind of um, lost as to how to continue. Um, but at the same time, Sage Sanctuary opened and it was the perfect opportunity uh, for me to find my own home uh, where I could be the resident Reiki master teacher um, and I've been there over a year now. Yeah. And um, I love that story. I love how you kind of got into it. And for those who don't know, Sage Sanctuary is this amazing um, just home to so many different spiritual teachers and practitioners. And um, the owner and founder, Corey, is also an amazing person. She's a shaman and a Reiki practitioner and I don't know, you know, what else, you know, a sound bowl practitioner. She has so many different modalities under her belt and she's created this space where all of these different types of practitioners can bring their skills um, to the community and people can, you know, just kind of be a source of support for each other. And it's just a really great place to be. For me, it was always 
a feeling of peace when I would walk into there and smell the sage and just be around like-minded people. It always made me feel so much better. So I really love what Corey is doing there. Um, and I'm happy that you found it as well, you know, um, because I think that the two of you work really well together and it just kind of, it just really gelled, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's uh, magnificent what she's created and in such a short time as well. Um, from coming from out of her home, doing full moon circles at her home, and then not having enough room there to expanding at Sage. Um, it's a whole holistic wellness center. So they offer yoga classes, Reiki, shamanic work, hypnotherapy, um, lots of different meditative practices, sound bowl treatments. I mean, the list is really endless, uh, drum circles, and it's always changing. Um, and then we have guest practitioners come in. And then there's a few of us that have been there since the beginning. And some even uh, started out as yoga instructors and then have done different training and now offer um, sound bowls, uh, sound bath treatments, and, um, you know, combination of therapies. And there aren't that many places around here like that. Uh, so we get people from uh, Marietta, Temecula, Lake Elsinore, um, and even for my certification classes, they're coming down from LA and Orange County. So it's quite an honor to be able to reach out and expand to all these different people. Uh, it's just really needed during this time. And I don't think it's something that's going to go away. I think it, it has been a fad at different times, but uh, through COVID, of course, for people finding a modality that they can not only see a practitioner, but learn for themselves and then have that in their tool belt uh, forever, that when things happen like this, that they don't have to reach outside of themselves, that they have the ability uh, to get through whatever comes their way and have these healing practices to count on uh, without needing anything outside of themselves. Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to put it. And I feel like that's kind of what Reiki has been for me. And when I went into it, I never really thought about, I didn't know about different, you know, types of Reiki and all that, you know, I was just like, I want to be a Reiki practitioner. And the opportunity presented itself. And I had, you know, been trying to do it um, before, and it just didn't work out. And so when it happened with you, and you, you know, had posted about it, I was like, this is it, I have to do it. Um, this is the time. And, you know, I had a choice between traditional um, Yusui Reiki and Holy Fire, and I was led to go, you know, with you and your lineage um, with the Holy Fire. And I'm really happy that I listened to my intuition with, um, with that decision um, because it's been, it's been really great. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people when I have done, you know, most of my sessions have been distance. Um, I have done a lot of in-person as well, just with people I know, but because of COVID, it, it's been a little bit tricky to get, you know, strangers to want me to come into their space, you know? So, of course. Um, but I have gotten so much good feedback, you know, from people and saying how the, they felt the energy and even at a distance, how strong the energy was. And it amazes even me because um, as a the giver, you know, I don't necessarily always feel some some Reiki practitioners do feel you know different things when they're giving Reiki I don't necessarily always have that feeling but to have confirmation that the person that is receiving the Reiki is feeling that energy is really um 
it makes me feel good. Like I'm, you know, I actually do know what I'm doing. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that makes me happy. And I think there's two parts to that. Uh, one is that the feelings come with time and consistency and practice, uh, but also that um, part of this learning is releasing our ego. So receiving that confirmation as far as it's working is nice to have, but we don't necessarily look for the pat on the back. Um, so it's, it takes some time to separate those two things, um, but you're already on that path. So it's a nice place to be. Yeah. Uh, that you know that you're helping people, but it's not about um, receiving any compliments, things like that, uh, that you just have faith in your practice, you know that it's working and then um, you make yourself available if they want to reach back out to you, but you never put the pressure on people um, that you're going to be following up in a way, um, like checking on them, uh, where they might feel pressure to maybe even lie and say that they really liked it just to make you feel better when really right. it didn't resonate. You can just right. let them be and uh, be in the peace of their healing. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that it definitely has taught me is to work on my faith because that is something that I struggle with faith. You know, the thing that you can't see is difficult for me in different aspects, you know, having faith in, in, um, not having that confirmation can be challenging for me, mm -hmm. especially. So, you know, when I just kind of went into my distance session saying, you know, I'm just gonna do it, you know, it's gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm not gonna have expectations. I'm not gonna, you know, whatever, I'm just gonna do it and believe that it's working. And then, you know, when I go back after the sessions, you know, they give me that feedback. And I'm just like, okay, so I'm, you know, and I've had like different times and I've told you about pretty much all the times where I've had times where I have really connected and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had this, you know, moment where I connected with my intuition or I felt this or that. And it kind of, um, I, I guess for me, it puts me in my, my spirit and my body per mm -hmm. se, because I'm, I'm kind of a person who does a lot of, um, spends a lot of time in my head. And so I don't always spend a lot of time in my body and recognizing those feelings. And so I think Reiki has been one of those things that kind of forces me to do that in a way. Sure. Yeah. You know, and kind of get in tune with my spirit and my body and get out of my headspace. I agree. And that's something that I love about Reiki is that it's body, mind, and soul. It really pertains to all three aspects. Um, and even if you feel like you're going in for treatment for one, uh, it's really all three and how they connect and relate to one another. Uh, so very yeah. well put. Yeah. Um, so what is Reiki? What can you, how can you kind of break it down for someone who's never really heard of it or doesn't really know about Reiki? Sure. Well, the definition from our textbook that we've learned from, uh, through the ICRT is that Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation that also promotes healing. So we can't get to a place of healing unless we're in a calm state. And that's when our body and mind are all calm. Um, also that, that allows inflammation to be reduced and that's when healing can occur. So whether it's, um, you can look at each aspect, your body, whether you're having pain, um, and that can be things like um, an injury or even um, 
going in for a surgery, that bringing Reiki in can help you heal quicker. Um, it never replaces medical treatment, um, but it works in conjunction with it. So even if you're going in for surgery, um, you would still obviously be having the surgery, but by bringing Reiki in, the healing time can be shortened. Um, the healing itself could be uh, much more optimal than it would be without having Reiki there. And then um, for your mind, it can help relax your mind, bring concentration, uh, focus, allow you to actually foresee your goals more clearly. Um, it's bringing that calm to yourself and really getting back down to your true self. Uh, we often carry around all this baggage and these layers upon ourselves that aren't really ours to carry and that we've accumulated over time. And Reiki allows us to peel all these layers back and get down to our true self and really why we're here. You know, we all have a purpose. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm here to be a doctor or something like that, but a purpose as far as being happy and living our best life while we are here. Um, and it allows us to get clear and be in connection with that purpose. Yeah. And then soul too, just like you were saying, feeling that uh, spirit within your body. Reiki is not a religion. It's all inclusive. So anybody can learn it and partake. Um, and it, it's for everyone, even children. Um, and no matter what religion you are, as long as it's, you know, okay with you, uh, it can be applied to your life. Yeah. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have, especially um, when I talk about holy fire Reiki, because it has the word holy in it. Um, it kind of can be off-putting for people mm -hmm. sometimes. Absolutely. And so I think that that's really good to make that distinction and that, um, you know, just kind of that um, say that, you know, it's not religious. It doesn't have any religious effects and it, it does not go against your religion. Um, but it's also your choice if mm -hmm. you decide, you know, to partake or whatever. Yeah. And I like, you know, even though the um, word holy fire is H-O-L-Y, I like to think of it more as holy, H-W-H-O-L-L-Y, uh, that it's your whole self, your true self, not mm. necessarily holy in the religious aspect, but being whole, body, mind, and soul all together. Oh, that's a better way. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it. You know, I think it's just, you know, people just kind of run with the word mm -hmm. and it's just, auto, you know, it has an automatic connotation and, of you know, course. it's this, this, this mystical type thing. And what are you doing? You're just moving your hands. And for somebody who doesn't understand, it can be um, maybe nerve wracking or just kind of, you know, strange. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I really wanted to have a conversation with you and just kind of kind of get people to understand what it is and that it's not, you know, black magic or something, you know, not evil or dark. It's it's really um, something that's light, you know, it's something that's healing and helpful. And it's just a different form of um, healing. And it's really more like a meditative practice, right, uh, than anything. Um, and when we're channeling that energy, and laying hands, it's not our energy that the client is receiving. It's actually coming from source, whatever you see that as if it's the universe, light, God, um, everybody has a different phrase for that. And we pull that through ourselves, passing by our heart and out through our hands to the client. 
And then if it's at a distance, um, of course, we're not touching them. We can have um, different tools that we may use as a stand-in or simply be in a meditative state and be sending the Reiki that way. Um, and it's just as effective. Um, I didn't believe in it, to be honest, in the beginning that distance Reiki would work. And my instructor suggested I just try it before I knock it. Um, and being that I do have a lot of clients back on the East Coast who I you know, went back and trained there, had classes as well, um, to give it a try. And once I started doing distance Reiki, uh, it really blew my mind. And I see now how well it works, um, both in person and at a distance. And I say the same thing to people now, don't knock it till you try it and you'll really be blown away. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think too, because um, there are different types of, you know, different modalities of Reiki um, and different practitioners who have not only, you know, are tuned to Reiki, but have different gifts, a session can be different from, from person to person, from session, from session to session with the same person, you know, so you kind of, I feel it's kind of good to give it more than one try maybe if it's something that you really want you know if it's if it's just something you're just not interested in not forcing it but if it's something that you you are interested in in the first session you just feel like you know didn't really do anything just kind of sticking with it because you never know what could occur what could happen absolutely and you said it before about um, finding the right practitioner Um, and there's a saying that reiki finds you when you need it most and then also that Um, don't just sign up for the first class that crosses your path, really investigate um, and see what practitioner uh, and teacher you feel in alignment with, you know, look at their bios, photos of them, um, listen to podcasts, things like this, where you can actually get to know who they are a little bit um, and see who's in alignment with you. And even if you don't stick with the same practitioner, um, you know, finding one that does feel right to you, And even at Sage, I'm not the only Reiki practitioner. Uh, Currently, I'm the only one that teaches there. Um, But there are multiple, including the owner, Corey. She's a Reiki master as well. Um, And then we have some other practitioners. Uh, I say try everybody out. You know, it's going to keep you continuing with your healing, um, even if you don't go to the same person. But some practitioners are strictly trained meaning that they're following the instructions from their classes and their books. Then other practitioners have that intuitive and psychic aspect. Um, And some practitioners don't know that they have that yet because they haven't practiced that long. So they're just growing into those intuitive aspects that really do open up more and more uh, the longer and more consistently that you practice. So it is quite interesting. Um, And just like you were just saying, um, even if you go to a practitioner and you don't really feel in alignment with them, but you still want to try Reiki, then go to another one. Um, it's, that's why there are multiple practitioners out there and, uh, that are successful because uh, everybody wants a little bit of something different. Right. Yeah. And it's good to have options and then to know that you can, to not just write it off after the first time if you know you didn't like that session Um, because if you're like me going into it I I didn't really know anything about Reiki I had no idea that there were different um, you know different types or Mm -hmm. that you had options I was just like Reiki is Reiki and I saw a Reiki class and I wanted to sign up for it and 
um, I see it now as the universe or God, you know, kind of pushing me in a different direction because it kept shutting down the other classes that I were, I was signing up for, Mm -hmm. you know, something would happen where it would fall through. And, and then, you know, with yours, I was like, Oh gosh, it's going to fall through. It never works out. It's not going to happen. And, you know, even having that at a certain point, having that option of like, Oh my goodness, which one should I choose? I have the option to do both. Um, and I was led to you. So it's kind of like what you said, um, really thinking about your choice and not just kind of, especially if you want to be attuned, um, really thinking about what that means, whose lineage you're going to be under, um, the type of Reiki you'll be practicing. All those different things are so important. And um, I learned that, you know, by going into it, because prior to that, I, I had no idea. Right. And that's a great point. Um you know, you can come for Reiki sessions and never decide to go on to be attuned and learn Reiki on how to give it yourself. Um, and then there are others who enjoy their sessions so much and feel the calling to take Reiki classes. Uh, and there are different levels too. Level one class, you really focused on healing yourself, you know, filling your cup first before you move on to others. Uh, level two is more about working on other people and at a distance. And then level three, which is the master level, Um, then you can deepen your practice, but then that also gives you the ability to attune others and teach Reiki, which not everybody um, who moves on decides to become a teacher. They may just want to have their training at the deepest level that they can go. It's different for everyone. And Reiki also, um, you can be practicing it, take the classes and then stop, completely stop practicing Reiki and then a year or two later, decide that you want to get back to it. And all that you need to do is think about Reiki flowing, and it starts flowing again for you. You can never lose it. Uh, you can decide not to use it, but it'll always be within you once you're attuned, which is a really nice aspect to have, especially people that maybe they change careers or they have a family, something like that, uh, where it gets put on the back burner for a while, and then they can always bring it forward again. Yeah, that's, that's also a good, um, good thing to share too. So people know if anyone, you know, listening is interested in um, becoming a practitioner or, you know, just anything like that, if you hadn't even considered it, it's always good to know those little things. Um, Because prior to becoming attuned, I had never even had a Reiki session before. I just kind of heard about it. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I just um, kind of was, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I was attuned before I actually had my first Reiki session. It was the um, same for me. I mean, we dabbled yeah. in it in the spirit circle, um, but I never had a full session until after I had been trained. Um, even in my first training, I didn't really know what Reiki was, where it came from, the different lineages, things like that. Um, I just knew that I was called to be with that particular teacher after investigating multiple sites. But it wasn't until I was trained that I knew there was different modalities and lineages. Um, And even now, when I hear from other clients um, or other students that have trained with other people, um, and then they come to this training, it's not that they didn't enjoy the other training, things like that. They just perhaps don't want to use so many hand mudras um, for it to be so uh, religious in some practices, um, where holy fire and the more... Uh, modern way is more simplistic and uh, really friendly for everybody. 
Uh, so it's really just what you feel best with, where other practitioners really enjoy doing the hand mudras. And when they're doing distance Reiki, um, there's much more of a procedure to the whole session. Um, so, you know, it's really talking to the teacher, finding out the differences um, and feeling which ones are right for you. It's not that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just that they're different, just as we're all different and we need to find uh, which flavor is right for us. Right. That's very true. And um, what are the what are the different um, styles of Reiki? For as far as um, the International Center of Reiki Training, which uh, is what I'm a professional member of, uh, they started out with the Yusui, the traditional Reiki. Um, and then in 2015, uh, 2016, Holy Fire uh, Reiki came in. So now we teach that as a combination. It's Yusui, Holy Fire together. So you're getting the history of Yusui, um, the Japanese Reiki techniques, but then also uh, the newer Holy Fire symbol um, and a little bit um, a little bit of changes here and there. Uh, they also offer Karuna Reiki. Um, I haven't done that training. I haven't felt called to um, expand in that way. That's eight more Reiki symbols. Um, and I believe that's more of um, Kundalini style. Um, oh, okay. With the serpent rising, that type of thing. Oh. Uh, but I really can't speak to it um, that deeply, being that I haven't trained in it. Mm -hmm. And then most currently, they offer more in-depth animal Reiki training. So if you were um, a veterinarian or working at an animal sanctuary, um, even if you just have an interest in animals, period, um, that, that you were going to be more specialized in that training, um, that they offer that. It's still the same type of Reiki, you know, whether it's just Yusui or Yusui Holy Fire, um, but then they teach you more about um, approaching the animals, how to apply to animal chakras, things like that. Um, and then outside of the ICRT, I know that there's medical Reiki. Uh, Raven Keys is a Reiki master. She's actually, um, I believe, copyrighted that term where you'll be more trained, um, just like with animals, um, on how to approach and whatnot. With medical Reiki, you would be trained more as to how to use Reiki within a hospital. So if you're going in with somebody having brain surgery, you know, where do you stand? When is it appropriate to be giving Reiki? Um, how to just conduct yourself in that environment, period. And perhaps even deeper as to um, specific ailments that you would be treating on where you would actually be laying hands. Um, like as far as we have uh, the Hayashi Healing Guide within our manual from Dr. Hayashi, where he took all his notes as far as the body parts that you would lay hands for different ailments, uh, that you would get more in depth um, in those regards as far as surgeries or, um, yeah, it would get real specific. Um, right. Then there's end of life Reiki, where you're helping people um, in hospice positions, things like that. Um, doula Reiki, of course, um, for birthing. Uh, and then there's all different styles of Reiki that. Um, Reiki masters who have dedicated their life to Reiki are being um, enlightened with new modalities. Um, Rainbow Reiki is one that I know the name, but I'm not familiar, again, because I haven't done that training um, as far as what that means exactly. Um, and then I know Psychic Reiki is pretty popular. 
um, where you're not only laying hands and doing traditional Reiki, but you're really working on opening up that intuitive aspect in your third eye um, and perhaps doing somewhat of spirit communication. And then right with that, um, angel Reiki, uh, communicating with angels, working in that way. Um, really the list can go on and on because it's uh, constantly changing and upgrading with all the new people coming in, learning Reiki. Um, it is traditionally from Japan and is thousands of years old, um, even before Mikao Yasui, um, which is our lineage, before he became enlightened to this particular Reiki energy. Um, you know, so it's been around a very long time. So you'll have people that'll just really want the traditional Reiki, but then there's others who know that, you know, times are changing, uh, people are changing, and so should the modality so we can keep up with all those changes and it can be really applied for everyone everywhere. Um, and there's even, you know, Christian Reiki where they're more specified in religion. Um, so yeah, the, the lists are really endless. And it's, wow. you know, you can do a lot of reading, finding one that's really specified for uh, what you want, where, you know, what we do, the Holy Fire, Yasui Holy Fire kind of encompasses all of it um, to a certain degree, but then you can get more specified. Wow, I had no idea that, you know, there was that many different like specializations of it. That's really interesting. And I'm sure I'm not even touching half of them. Wow. I guess, yeah, it's like you said, um, you know, it can be used for so many different things and it does make sense to kind of um, make it fit to that specific thing. Like you said, brain surgery. I, I wish I had someone doing Reiki for me when I had my brain surgery, you know, um, 100%. knowing what to do and where to stand. And I wonder that probably would have made the recovery a lot, you know, more smooth than what it was. Yes. So it's good to have people who specialize in, you know, two things, you know, so that's really good. And then you also uh, have a lot of doctors, social workers, therapists that are adding Reiki to their practice. Uh, Cause like I said, Reiki does not replace medical treatment, does not replace traditional therapy. It's meant to work in conjunction with those different modalities. Uh, so these practitioners are finding uh, clients that are doing both separately and they're seeing the benefit of adding those together. Uh, so even having a talk therapist that can include Reiki, where maybe you're not talking the whole time, but including um, some other touch, touch aspects. Um, and the same thing, just like you were saying with brain surgery, uh, where you have doctors that are, rather than praying um, or in conjunction with praying before surgeries, they're also adding Reiki in and seeing the benefits. And that's where I have to really give Raven Keys a salute uh, during 9-11, she brought a lot of that um, information and knowledge to uh, hospitals in New York City, and they've started to welcome in Reiki more and more, where now there's um, hundreds, if not thousands of hospitals that will offer Reiki, um, and even some have practitioners um, that are in-house, that are, aren't just volunteers coming, but they actually have a Reiki program. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I'm really, I'm happy to hear that, honestly. That makes it more accessible to so many different people, you know. Um, and it kind of opens a door and kind of, I guess it makes it more open 
and it's not like this closed practice that, you know, only this type of person does because I've seen, you know, um, Reiki shares that I've done with you or even in my own practice, you know, I saw um, someone at, at one of the Reiki shares was also praying, you know, so mm-hmm. I could tell that, you know, by her hand movements that she was Catholic. So she was incorporating her faith with her Reiki. And um, when I, you know, practice my Reiki sessions, I'm also incorporating, you know, prayer and my um my beliefs. I'm not a religious person, but, you know, my spiritual beliefs and asking, you know, for guidance and all that different thing. So it's really, it's very um, fluid in a way, you know, there's different ways that, especially when you do holy fire, I feel like it's a little bit more flexible mm-hmm. um, and you kind of have more wiggle room to make it your own in a way. Um, and I really, really like that. I agree. And I think it can even if you so choose and you have a religious or spiritual practice, it can help you deepen that practice um, and really become more connected in those ways uh, because it is so pure and going back to your true self. And if that's what you feel is part of your true self, then of course, it's going to pay attention to that. Very true. So what is a session like what for you anyway, what would a Reiki session be like? So for my sessions, uh, first time we meet up and we have a brief discussion beforehand, uh, just talking about what Reiki is, what it isn't. Uh, just like I was saying, um, it doesn't replace medical treatment, etc. cetera. Um, and then what to expect during the session and making sure that I have permission from the client. Um, not everybody wants to have hands laid on them. They may prefer hovering. So we make sure that we discuss that. Uh, Reiki always respects free will, uh, so it's important to address all of those issues and make sure that both the practitioner and client are comfortable. And then once we're done with our discussion and uh, signing waivers, getting all that out of the way, uh, we head into the treatment room, which looks like a massage room. If you've ever had a massage, um, there's going to be a massage table with blankets and pillows to make you comfortable. Typically, I have essential oils going in a diffuser. And I like using crystals as well, Um, but again, not everybody wants crystals used, and I'm not always called to use them, but I like having them on hand um, if that is something we're called to do. And the client lays fully clothed on the massage table, um, and I start with a guided meditation, Um, and that's usually about 10-15 minutes long. So what I'm doing during the guided meditation is I'm also scanning uh, the client. And what that means is I'm intuitively looking over their body to see where they may have bioki or dis-ease. Not a disease itself, but breaking that word apart into dis-ease. And that lets me know where I need to lay hands on the body. Um, And even if I don't pick that up intuitively, Reiki is wiser than we are. So even if I'm laying hands on the shoulder, but the knee is actually the area that needs Reiki, it'll find the pathway there through meridians. Uh, within the body to get to where it needs to go. But we do that guided meditation. um, And that also helps the client to relax uh, before we begin the laying of the hands. Uh, So if their shopping list, the kids, things like that are running through their head, uh, this kind of helps them relax out of that state um, and go not in a hypnotic lair, uh, but almost where they're just uh, more zened out and relaxed and they're paying more attention to their body and their breathing uh, rather than the outside world. 
And then I start laying hands. I start at the top of the head and work my way down, um, of course, only in appropriate areas. And then uh, once I get through the whole body, I rescan the client with my hands, seeing if there's anywhere that needs a little bit more Reiki, or I'll use a pendulum to read those chakras uh, and see if I need to go back anywhere. And then um, I seal in the session, seal in the light, and pack all that energy in so when the client leaves, um, it's not draining from them. It, it'll stay with them like a battery charge as long as possible. And then I bring the client back because uh, typically, I'd say about 90% of my clients fall asleep during a session. So I bring them back uh, using words. And then once the session is over, we sit for a few minutes and talk about uh, what I felt and saw, also anything that they felt or saw. Um, and again, it's not therapy, so I'm not diagnosing in any way. I'm just sharing. Um, same with the client. They're just letting me know. Um, perhaps they saw certain colors, and I can kind of help them uh, figure it out if those were chakra colors they were seeing, um, and just investigate, you know, what happened during the session. And then I make sure I give them a bottle of water. You want to fully hydrate after this type of work. Um, and then I stay available to my client the rest of the day um, and into the next day if they want to call or text, discuss discuss anything that came up during the session. Because uh, once the session is over and you're still there, you're kind of floating um, and really relaxed. So things may not come to mind right away as to what happened or what we've talked about. Uh, so I also document everything on a piece of paper that I share with my client. Uh, so as they go home, they can look back on that and reflect and ask any questions. And I'll make recommendations as far as um, when you should come back again. You know, it's not a definite. I really tell my clients, you'll crave it. You'll know when it's time. Uh, most people, it's about once a month, unless they have something major going on or a goal that they're working towards, then it may be every two weeks or so. Uh, but it'll be different for everyone. And then, of course, at different times in their life, that'll be different as well. So just very individual work. Um, it, no two sessions ever the same. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I've experienced um, a couple sessions with you. And I guess what I think one of the reasons, just one of the reasons why I love working with you and just seeing you in your element is because you do have that intuitive piece. And not everybody is able to um, get the messages that you get. So to me, it can be very meaningful. You know, you've had moments where you've communicated to me um, messages from my, my grandmother and who's passed on, who's um, a huge part of my life. And, you know, just different things at times when I've needed it and it makes things more real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think just having that gift of being able to communicate messages from different, you know, ancestors who may have passed on or seeing things that other people can't see can be really helpful for especially someone like me, you know, in the moments, you know, when you told me about my grandmother and I really needed to hear that, you know, that hit me really hard. Um, to hear what you were telling me about her and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, wow, you know, and I get goosebumps even just thinking about it now, you know, it's just like that is somebody that meant so much to me. So to be able to kind of feel like I'm talking to her in a way, yeah. just, you know, it just, it it's necessary. It was so needed at that time. So I think it's really great um, 
the way that you conduct your session, just, you know, being who you are, um, having that intuitive part of it and just those messages that come through. And it's not like, you know, you're, you're looking for them. It just kind of, that's what that person needs. And it's just always so spot on. So I really appreciate that about your sessions. Well, thank you. And, you know, that's what I was saying when I started out in spirituality, it was more in the psychic medium world. Um, but I didn't really feel like a psychic or medium on its own. And I didn't really know what to do with that or how to channel it. Um, and by becoming attuned to Reiki, I found a way where I'm offering healing and then understand that by receiving those messages and sharing them with others, that that's healing as well. Um, and that's a healing that you can't get in any other form. Um, and that I'm not controlling that. I don't always pull those messages through, but when your loved ones feel that it's right and needed, uh, that they're able to deliver and that the client is open to it. Um, not everybody is. So mm -hmm. if you come in for a session and that aspect doesn't interest you, I just turn it off and um, we don't bring that aspect in. Just like crystals or oils, any other tool um, that can be added to a session. Because of course, those aren't part of traditional Reiki. Uh, they're just complementary spirituality um, that can be added in. Right. And that's another part of, you know, Reiki too, is it's very respectful of everyone mm -hmm. like you said you can you have to respect free will you can't send someone reiki without their permission you have to make sure they're okay with you touching and it's just you know all those things is very um respectful and i really like to get that across so that people understand that you know it's not anything forceful and it's not dark or anything like that everything that we do is um for the benefit of the client and if they're not ready or they're just not interested, then we also respect that. And we, we do not force anyone to receive messages or healing or whatever it is. Correct. Um, I like using the phrase for the highest good of all involved. Right. Um, for the client as well as the practitioner. Um, and that's not for us to dictate. You know, that's for source and our higher selves to dictate. And we're just the messengers uh, through that. Uh, so always respectful. Um, and if you find a practitioner that's not practicing in that way, um, you know, kind of questioning that and seeing if maybe they're not the right one for you. Because uh, if they would send Reiki to somebody without their permission, then they're going to send it to you without permission as well. Um, and I would never want to do anything to somebody else that I wouldn't want done to me. Um, and kind of like what we said earlier about uh, just living a Reiki lifestyle you end up not just turning it on and off when you're giving Reiki, but also living your life that way, uh, respecting the free will of others, our differences, um, being kind, um, all of that, you know, you just embody it. Yeah, very, very true. I still have one of, um, I think it was a sound bath or it was a combination of both that I went to at Sage and you were walking around and leaving, you know, messages for people that that had come through just so that you wouldn't forget. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, woke up and it said, female loved one, I am so proud of you. And I immediately just like started to cry because I'm like, I know exactly who that is. That's my grandmother. Yeah. That's my granny, you know. And I still have that that piece of paper that you wrote it on to this day. It's up on my wall mm. next to her picture because it just so happy you know she was she is just like everything to me and so to 
you know, as I get older, I miss her so much. And there's so many things that I would love to share with her. Um, but one thing that you did say was, you know, um, once they cross over, and this is what I really believe, once they cross over, they don't have the troubles of the world anymore. And so I was like, well, why, you know, how could she be saying all of these things now? And she wasn't, you know, that expressive when she was living and you were just kind of like, she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have the weight of the world on her shoulders anymore. She can be her true self. Yeah. So it was almost hard to receive because I'm like, that couldn't be her. You know, she, didn't, she wasn't <laughs> like that. And I'm like, wait, but the way but you in her heart, it, she was. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It was like, the way you explained it was like, okay, this is what she would have wanted to say, you know, had life not piled on the way that it does. And the way that she loved me, I know that that's how she truly felt. It just wasn't in her nature or, you know, um, it wasn't available to her while she was living. Right. Yeah. It's not in her capacity. And, you know, different generations were brought up differently. Um, you know, we come from history where everybody had to work really hard and you know don't talk about your emotions that type of thing where now um, it's much more accepted and we want you to heal and talk about things so we don't pass on this generational trauma uh, so we're seeing when they come through in that way that they're really acknowledging that yeah and it's yeah it's just mind-blowing for me, for somebody like me, because I don't have, you know, I haven't tapped into that ability. If I do have it, I feel more that I'm uh, more of a clear audience person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I'm learning to explore and, and listen to more. Um, but, you know, to have somebody who is kind of fully already embodying that and in tune and in alignment makes a, a world of difference Um you know, and sometimes, like you said, it's not just the Reiki healing that you need. Sometimes it's that just that one message that may not mean anything to you as a practitioner, but giving that to that client can make a world of difference. Definitely. And when I started, I used to hold back because sometimes the messages were really random and they didn't make sense to me. But then once I understood, well, it's not about you. Take your ego out of it. It's about the client and what they need to hear. And that message definitely means something to them. So just deliver it without expectation or um, wanting to make sure you're right. Um, And typically, you know, it makes sense and it's meaningful to them and it's at the right time. Uh, So I'm definitely have stepped into that much more. Like I said, more consistency, the more you practice, things like that. Uh, The confidence in that work grows as well. Right. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. And I'm finding myself kind of um, starting to be more in tune with my intuition and my sessions and um, just different things I'm noticing. I'm like, oh, I'm, it's it's coming. You know, I can feel it now. I'm, <laughs> I'm opening up to it because, you know, after both trainings, I would always tell you, like, I don't feel like it worked. You know, I don't feel like it's not working. I don't feel anything. I don't maybe I'm, you know, I'm not doing it right. And I finally feel like because I am in other parts of my life releasing certain things and allowing myself to kind of come out of that box of worrying about everybody else's opinions and mm-hmm. being more true to myself. It's actually connecting me a little bit more deeply with my, my Reiki attunement, you know, and um, being able to now feel in my body when I'm doing a Reiki scan on somebody, I can feel that it's not my energy 
and trusting that, okay, this is the throat chakra, their throat chakra, but not mine. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, I'm finally feeling like I, the light bulb is going off and I want to do more. You know, I want to like continue down this path, even though it's scary, because mm-hmm. it's, it's unfamiliar. It's so I'm excited. I'm very excited. Fantastic. I'm excited for you and for myself as well. As a teacher, it's always um, thrilling to see your students really embrace their practice and um, how each student does something different with Reiki, whether they continue with clients or it's just for themselves and their family, how life-changing this work can really be, even though it's such subtle work, um, how meaningful and in-depth it really is. Yes, and I'm very excited to see you in December for my Reiki master training. I yes, will be indeed. a Reiki master. Um, and I'm so excited. I told you, you know, the other day, I'm like, I'm already packed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Even before, because um, we had a distant session and you told me some things and I'm like, it makes so much sense. And I always felt like this, this is going to be something that's going to change everything for me. I don't know what it is, but I feel like this is, it's going to be big. And I'm so, so excited. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a Reiki master. I've been, I'm so excited. Fantastic. And the world should be excited as well to have you become a Reiki master um, and the difference that you're going to make for people. Um, and it starts with one person at a time. And then that ripple effect um, is how we change the world. That's so true. And um, yeah, so just to wrap up, um, I'm so thankful that you spent time with me and shared, you know, your knowledge of Reiki and the sessions and the trainings. Um, and I'm grateful for you, you know, sharing this space with me. How can um, people find you on social media or, you know, book a session with you? Yeah, uh, it's just my name, Katie Russell Reiki, K-A-T-Y, Russell, and then Reiki, what I do, both on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and my website's just that too, katierussellreiki.com. And then Sage Sanctuary. Uh, they also have Facebook and Instagram, and their website is sagesanctuaryhealing.com. Uh, all of the classes, not just mine, uh, but everything Sage offers is listed there. Bios of all the different practitioners, um, and they're consistently updated, um, probably more so than my own website. Um, <laughs> but social media is probably um, the most current. I try to post daily on things that are going on, um, and not just events, but uh, anything pertaining to Reiki or thoughts, energy, things like that, um, that I find helpful and that I think others would as well. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you um, taking the time and having this discussion. And even if this uh, reaches one person that grabs them and has an interest to Reiki or many, um, that it's well worth it. Right. Yes. That was my prayer. And my, you know, intention is just, you know, if I can just reach one person or two people or, you know, spark someone's interest, I want to take the time to do that. So thank you. um, That's what I'm going to use this platform for. And I'm so grateful to have so many knowledgeable people like yourself in my life already that I can pull from um, to share knowledge, you know, about things that I'm interested in so that I'm also learning too. Fantastic. 
So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will see you very soon. Yes, you will. (laughs) I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Casey. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Healing with Nama. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Reiki. Don't forget to like, share, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. And I will see you all on the next episode.